0: Happy Easter and welcome to Music for Eastertide on Radio Maria England with me, Dr. Matthew Ward. Over the next six weeks, we'll be exploring together some of the wonderful music that has been created over the centuries in response to the resurrection of our Lord. And I hope you're looking forward to a journey of musical discovery. Some of this music was written to tell the story of the resurrection. The 40 days jesus stayed with the apostles afterwards the ascension and then pentecost some of it imagines the scenes of peaceful joy as the disciples met jesus again and some of the music bursts with the excitement and energy the disciples must have felt in his glorious presence some of our composers also imagine scenes that are not found explicitly in the gospel for example, today we will hear a beautifully imagined dialogue between Jesus and his mother by the 17th century composer and nun Chiara Margherita Cozzolani. On the other hand, some of this music we will hear does not tell the story of Eastertide, but was written for the liturgies of this season. We will spend one week focusing on settings of the Easter word, Alleluia and another on the Regina Chayley and Marian Easter music. I hope that as we journey together through Eastertide, you will find the music helps you to meditate on the events and liturgies of this most glorious season, and of course, to celebrate. To help you with this, you can find translations of the texts of the music on the Radio Maria England website, under Music for Eastertide. The title music for this series is taken from the opening of one of the greatest musical retellings of the Easter story, Johann Sebastian Bach's Easter Oratorio. Bach is well known for his versions of The Passion, according to St. John and St. Matthew, which are staples of Lenten concert programmes and full of some of his most heart-rending music but his Easter Oratorio is less well known. It is much shorter than either of the passions and unlike either of them is only in one part of around 40 minutes duration. It was first performed at the Thomaskirche in Leipzig on Easter Sunday April the 1st 1725 and it tells only the story of the very first events of Easter Sunday morning with Mary Magdalene The other Mary, Peter and John, arriving at the tomb and discovering that Jesus is risen. Unlike in the Gospel narrative, Mary's meetings with the angels and with Jesus are not described. Instead, the women testify immediately to John and Peter after they discover the empty tomb. They very quickly relieve. Bach intersperses this bare-bones version of the story with emotional arias, which reflect the anxieties and joys of the characters in turn. We will hear the first three sections of the Oratorio. The first and second are a purely instrumental Sinfonia and Adagio. The Sinfonia is an ebullient and energetic explosion of joy with trumpets and drums, which would have been a splendid way to begin the Easter celebrations in church. The second movement is a plaintive adagio which both recalls the sorrows of the Passion and also dramatically sets the scene for the uncertainty of the Apostles on this morning of the third day since Jesus' death. However, this uncertainty is dispelled by the following chorus with trumpets and drums back in the mix. Come, hurry and run, you swift feet. Get to the cave that covers Jesus.' laughter and jokes accompany our hearts for our saviour is risen from the dead we will hear john elliott gardner conducting the monteverdi choir and orchestra in these first three movements of js bach's easter oratorio
1: Perfect.
0: Laughter and jokes accompany our hearts For our Saviour is risen from the dead John Elliot Gardner and the Monteverdi Choir there With the first three movements from Bach's Easter Oratorio You're listening to Music for Eastertide With Dr Matthew Ward on Radio Maria England What happened on the morning of Easter Sunday Is of course a great mystery Artists have depicted the victorious Christ bursting from the tomb and scattering the guards, or the guards sleeping while our Lord rises effortlessly, often carrying a pennant with the Red Cross of Victory streaming in the air. The idea that there was an earthquake at the moment of resurrection, as at the moment of Christ's death, is found only in the Gospel of St. Matthew, who writes, Mary Magdalene, And the other Mary went to see the sepulchre, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled, and became like dead men. The church has connected this earthquake with the verse in Psalm 75, which reads, the earth trembled and was still when God arose in judgment and this verse is sung on Easter Sunday as the offertory chant with of course an added Alleluia it is far shorter than most offertory chants even with the long added Alleluia at the end but this of course leaves plenty of time during the procession and preparation of the gifts for the organist to improvise remember that the organ has, hopefully, been mostly silent during Lent, and was only unleashed again at the Easter Vigil. Few instruments can imitate an earthquake like an organ, and we can be sure that the earth shook in this exciting improvisation on Terra Tremuit by Daniel Roth, recorded on the grand organ of Saint-Sulplice in Paris. The chant is first sung here by Thibaut Marlin and the Chœur Gregorienne de Paris. That was Daniel Roth's evocative improvisation on the offertory chant for Easter Sunday, Terra Tremuit, The Earth Trembled, which we heard sung first by the Chœur Gregorien de Paris, conducted by Thibaut Marlin. In the Gospels, Mary Magdalene is, of course, the first to meet Jesus after the resurrection. But an old and venerable tradition holds that Jesus first visited his Blessed Mother. This tradition was very popular in medieval Spain, and St. Ignatius of Loyola even included it in the spiritual exercises as a scene for meditation. He calls it the first apparition of our Lord after the resurrection. Though this is not mentioned explicitly in the scripture, Ignatius writes, it must be considered as stated when scripture says that he appeared to many others. To me, it has always seemed to make complete sense. Whom else would Jesus first visit but his mother, who was so sorrowful at his death? The touching scene has been imagined in music for us in an exquisite dialogue by the composer Chiara Margarita Cozzolani, an Italian nun of the 17th century. Cozzolani was born in Milan and spent her whole adult life in the cloister of St. Radagund in the same city. In the 17th century, cloistered nuns often devoted time and effort to making music, especially for the liturgy, and several published sacred music during that time, not always uncontroversially for those who suspected they might spend their time more fruitfully. In 1670, during Cozzolani's final decade, One visitor to the convent of St Razigund described the nuns as white and melodious swans who fill hearts with wonder at their music. This visitor singled out Cozzolani for special praise, and we will soon hear why. Typically of the early Baroque, her music is a mixture of the direct and the elaborate, infused with deep immersion and often rather dance-like. Ave Mater Dilectissima imagines Jesus greeting Mary affectionately and tells her to cease from grieving and mourning, for death has been overcome. Mary responds, Oh, how sweet, how soft is your voice, my son, in my ears. Now I shall live happy, now I shall die happy, for I see you in triumph. Jesus reveals to Mary the crowd of souls he has released from hell, and Mary addresses them as a happy assembly and noble circle. Together, Jesus and Mary then sing, let us all say, farewell tears, come joys. Alleluia. Chiara Margherita Cozzolani's Ave Marta Dilectissima is performed here by Musica Secreta, and, as this was music written for performance by nuns, The parts of both Jesus and Mary are sung by female voices. Musica Secreta perform Chiara Margarita Cozzolani's Moving Ave Mater Dilectissima, in which she imagines the conversation Jesus and his mother might have had after his resurrection. The soloists were Deborah Roberts and Catherine King, and they were accompanied by David Miller on the Chitarone and John Toll on the organ. You're listening to Music for Eastertide. I'm Dr. Matthew Ward. And today we're beginning a journey of six programmes on music that explores all the facets of the Easter season here on Radio Maria England. And just a reminder that you can find the texts and translations of all the music in the programme on the Radio Maria England website. Just search for Music for tide. We have just heard an imagined conversation between Jesus and his mother in the language of the 17th century Italian Baroque. Our next music is worlds away in character and 350 years in time. This is an extract from the Russian composer Sofia Gubaidulina's St John Easter, written in 2001 as a sequel to her setting of the Passion according to St John. Gubaidolina imagines the scene where Mary Magdalene arrives at the tomb and meets the two angels as fraught with mystery. The music is no less luminous than that of Cozzolani's dialogue, but it has darker overtones of trepidation and uncertainty. But to my ear it captures the moments of dawning hope and joy experienced by Mary Magdalene on the first Easter morning the scene is framed by a delicate and exploratory violin solo which seems to represent Mary's fragile state of mind as she approaches the tomb, and also by bright choral statements of the news, Christ is risen from the dead. But can Mary hear these? The scene is recited from St John's Gospel with the addition of two angels leading Mary in the first Easter Alleluia. We hear bells being rung throughout the extract, especially towards the end, when the angels announce the news. We also hear some evocative orchestral effects, which for me communicate perfectly the drama of the scene with all its tentative initial fear, rising hope and tentative joy. Here, the excerpts from Sophia, Dolines, St. John Easter are performed in German by the Stuttgart Radio Symphony Orchestra, Stuttgart Gashinger Kantorei, and the Musikhochschule Trossingen Kammerchor, conducted by Helmut Rilling. Nicholas Isherwood is the Evangelist and Yulia Sukmanova is Mary Magdalene.
1: Am ersten Tag der Woche kam Maria Magdalena frühmorgens zum Grab, als es noch ganz dunkel war und sah dass der Stein vom Grab weggenommen war. Maria aber stand und weinte, i
0: Helmut Rilling, conducting two movements from Sofia Gubaidolina's thrilling 2001 setting of St. John's Easter narrative. Hugely evocative music, distilling the raw emotions of that first Easter morning. This is Radio Maria England, and I'm Dr. Matthew Ward, bringing you the first of six programmes on Music for tide. We're staying a little longer with Mary Magdalene for our next piece of music. If Gubaidolina's Oratorio, for all its deep immersion, presents the drama of Mary's visit to the tomb and encounter with the angel in a somewhat objective way, our next composer instead really succeeds in helping us experience the joy Mary felt and that she communicated to the apostles on her return from the garden. Thomas Crequillon was a composer of the early sixteenth century who, for some time, was a member of the chapel of the Emperor Charles V. A prolific composer of motets and chansons, he was very well respected in his day, and the motet we are about to hear so impressed the Spanish composer Francisco Guerrero that he based an entire mass on it. The motet, Congratulamini Michi, is a setting of a chant for Eastertide which puts words into the mouth of Mary Magdalene, imagining her first greeting to the apostles. Michi. Rejoice with me, all who love the Lord, for he whom I sought has appeared to me, and while I was weeping at the tomb I saw my Lord. Alleluia. The central section quotes her words to Jesus, appearing as a gardener. They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have put him. If you have taken him, tell me. Although the text makes use of these words and recalls Mary's weeping at the tomb, there is no shadow in the music at all. All is pure Easter light. This, of course, makes great sense, as Créchion's motet was to be sung in the Easter liturgy, and the sorrows of Holy Week are here transformed into the happiness of the resurrection. The motet is sung with typical exuberance and poise, by the Cardinal's Music, conducted by Andrew Carwood. ch's Easter Mertet congratulamini Miki, sung by the Cardinal's Music, conducted by Andrew Carwood, the seventeenth century poet George Herbert is well known as one of the greatest religious poets in the English language. His poetry is by turns tender, passionate, exalted, and intimate, and can be both touchingly direct and bafflingly elusive. The poem Easter was published after his death in 1633, and is one of his best known. It is in two parts, and both were set by Ralph Vaughan Williams as part of his five mystical songs between 1906 and 1911. The lush orchestration, sweeping folk-inspired melodies and rich harmony of Vaughan Williams's music has made these songs favourites with soloists and choirs ever since. I myself remember vividly playing them when a teenager as part of the orchestra for our local choral society, and so I have rather a soft spot for them. Today we will hear the second of the set, which sets the second part of Herbert's Easter poem. In the first verse, Herbert contrasts the offerings he can give, flowers and branches to strew the Lord's way, with the sweets of Christ who was up at break of day. He then tells us, that the sun's light and the east's perfume cannot presume to contest with Christ's arising. After a pause, the final verse asked, Can there be any day but this? We count three hundred, but we miss. There is but one, and that one ever. Vaughan Williams' music for this verse is awe-inspiring in its quiet and confident contemplation of the eternity of Christ's resurrection. In this performance, I Got Me Flowers is sung by John Shirley Quirk and the Choir of King's College, Cambridge. The English Chamber Orchestra accompanies, all conducted by Sir David Wilcox.
1: 300, but we-
0: Can there be any day but this There is but one And that one ever Von Williams' Ecstatic setting of the second Part of George Herbert's poem Easter Was performed by John Shirley Quirk, the choir Of King's College, Cambridge And the English Chamber Orchestra Conducted by Sir David Wilcox And that brings our first episode In this series Music for Eastertide On Radio Maria England to a close, I would love to hear what you've enjoyed from today's programme or to hear about your own favourite Easter music. Please send me an email at info at radiomariaengland.uk I'm Dr Matthew Ward, wishing you a very happy Easter and hoping that you will join me again next week for more music celebrating this greatest season in the Church's year. <laughs>